pickaxe. Extended Rest for the month of January is brought to you by you lovely folks at patreon.com slash d-a-n-d-r. We've told you about it many times before, but that is where you can get tons of bonus content for just a few shekels tossed our way to keep the lights on each and every month. We truly appreciate you guys taking the time to check our stuff out and support us and help us do what we do. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Let me rewind. Uh, welcome to Extended Rest for the month of January. Uh, let's do that thing where we go around the table. I'm Jason. I'm normally the Dungeon Master. Uh, tonight with us is uh, one Rob Wiesahan. Hey, I'm Rob. I play Ubo in Group A right now uh, and uh, formerly Malchus Grimness in Arc 1. Uh, and Ryan... Hey, I'm Brian. I play Varys on Group C. And Zach. What's up? My name is Zach, and I play Avalan Bates on Group C, formerly Avalan on Group 4. Um, Jamie will be joining us in just a little while. Uh, quick quick note, if you guys use our uh, our website... I spent the better part of seven hours yesterday trying to spruce it up and make it a little more user-friendly. If you guys got suggestions for us, uh, swing on by our email or Discord or whatever and send them our way. I uh, updated the cast page a bit. Some of the bios need updating because some of them literally have not been updated in five years. <laughs> like, am, it's... I on, am I on the webpage now? Yes, you are. <gasps> yes. You're, you're a cast member. So is Mandy. Um <laughs> Rob's bio still references his YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> that man, I got I got to get something to you. I got to get something fresh to you. You're yeah, you're cool. Like it's yeah. it's it, mostly it's just I wanted it to look a little better cuz everything was starting to get a little cobwebby. It's starting to look a little crappy. Oh, guys. Uh as I said in the pre-show, all hell kind of broke loose. Uh we haven't done one of these since October. I I, I don't know about you, Rob. Uh, I've been getting messages about things, uh, and there there have been <laughs> there have been a lot of posts on our group page on Facebook and all kinds of stuff. Lots of thoughts and feelings about the last several episodes. We're mostly going to be talking about episodes fifty six, fifty seven, and fifty eight of our two. But um, if you guys in the chat want us to talk about something or uh, want to shout something at us, just shout something at us. Yeah. I Speaking of speaking of interactions, uh, we we both had that tweet of that uh, one listener who said like she had this terrible day at work and then got home and listened to like the tail end of episode fifty seven and burst into tears in her car in her driveway. And I was oh, like, "Oh no, yike!" Can I? Okay, I I'm always I'm always there for like a, a shoulder to cry on or like, "Hey, it's okay, everything's fine." But there's a part of me that's thinking. Good. I'm glad you felt something. Like it's just, even if it's a bad day or something, it's like, yeah, that'll pass. It's gonna be great. It's gonna there's ups and downs. But it's like, man, I'm glad you felt something and and it hit you that hard. Like I'm yeah. I'm, yeah. I, it's know, I get that. Yeah. Sorry, I spoke over somebody. Sorry. You're fine. 
Um, how's about we jump right into Arc 2, Episode 56, which was taking stock. Uh, oh, Jamie's not here, and it's a Group B episode. Well, we'll just, uh, we'll just speak for Jamie. Uh, whoever thinks they know what Jamie was going to say or do, uh, just jump on it. That's a dangerous thing, Jason. <laughs> Can we, is, is this like, are we locked? Can we pop ahead and just like double back for her? I mean, we have a format, but who gives a shit? I guess we could do whatever we want, right? Well, I mean, you're still having her on the show, right? You haven't told her like, hey, take your time. See yeah. You, like, you've been voted off the island or no. whatever. No. Terrible pop culture reference I just made. Uh, um, I say that's very timely. Uh, yeah, there. man. <laughs> there. So, how about that Survivor, huh? Reality <laughs> TV on the cutting edge. Oh, man. I just, I just started watching this little show. It's called American Idol. I think it's going to take off. You um, don't say. Like a... <laughs> it's be bards, right? Bards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? Fuck it. Let's jump ahead. Let's jump ahead. I love you, to... Bree. Let's jump ahead to. Are any of you familiar with the real world? <laughs> it's on music television uh jamie stop stressing this is a, why did she tune into this and then <laughs> like that's the worst for her let's jump you know what need some entertainment yeah we're gonna jump ahead to arc 2 episode 57 which is make it right uh which is a group a episode and we got a rob so we could talk about group a stuff uh unleash your judgment chat tell me how you really feel okay Uh-oh. i was uh, see I was really happy with this because it's like, okay, yeah, the second episode, once we get rolling and get loose, that's when we'll talk about all the death and destruction. And uh, no, we're jumping right in. So previously on Group A, let's talk about everything that's happened since October because about, uh, geez, nine episodes have come out since then. So we had a feedback episode in November, I believe it was, or December, something like that. But basically, uh, there were two camps. Three, technically. Uh, there was one camp that said, yeah, stay the course. Everything's great. Then there was one camp uh, that said, boy, uh, nothing really happens. Uh, I just don't feel like there's enough There's enough consequences. I don't feel like there's, there's that threat of death. I don't feel like there's that blood in the water. Uh, <laughs> and then... Then there's a group of people who were like, it's too grim. It's too, like, and this is before. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, so within the span of two months, there were one, two, three, four, four deaths, not counting Patreon. And there were a lot of deaths on Patreon. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of two camps, by the way, I see two camps in the chat. One is I love how you played your character, and the other is I literally would have executed Ubo. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, okay. This is why we're here. Oh, this let's is, get into that. Yeah, I like that passion. I like that passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I here's the thing. Um, let's talk about exactly what happened, and then we'll 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 talk about you know, where people kind of fall on either side of that. So, uh, essentially the group hit the road, right? They're, they're leaving Aubrey. They're striking out, uh, to the East. They're trying to get to Donhurst. They got to get to the divide. They got a long journey ahead of them. So they hit the road. They encounter a cart, kind of a suspicious looking cart. Uh, it looks like it belongs to this vampire countess in Donhurst. And the group is kind of debating on what to do with it. And uh, 
in the midst of that, Ubo just says, ah, screw it. And uh, kind of erupts Earth underneath this cart. <clears throat> and and I'd been, it, previous to this, I'd been showing remarkable restraint. You absolutely not- had confronting very well uh, socialized <laughs> integrated vampires even though they're an abomination to all I hold dear like I had I'm I had, sure yeah I had held off on that so I was a little I was I was pent up a little bit yeah and uh, okay <clears throat> uh, two people die in this blast Masoka and Amvin so the group rushes back to Aubrey and they go through a bunch of stuff, and essentially Kirkland, the the, the soul uh, sitting within uh, Donovan's armor, <clears throat> chimes up and says, "I think I can I can help with this, but you know it could kill you that type of thing." So Donovan literally risks himself to bring back Masoka, and it goes off without a hitch. Uh, Kirkland hasn't spoken since then, but we'll see what comes of that. Now. That's basically, that brings us up to episode 57. <clears throat> I want to say this, because I, I feel that in the past, I feel like Malchus was much more a, a center point for controversy like this. I don't think Ubo should really be to blame here. Not for the cart part of it. Not like, for the cart part of it. No, that, I mean... Who who would have thought someone would would assemble a cart with such contents? Who that's <laughs> what an outlandish thing to put in the woods, huh, Jason? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, the Wizards of the Coast, man. Uh, what are you gonna do? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sound of teeth grinding. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I I I really don't think it, it could have been anybody doing that kind of thing because uh, jesus just uh just a few episodes before that maddie was the first to fire off on some slavers and uh masoka had um had, had done some stuff in town and steal any one of those events could have led to something horrendous so I, I really don't think ubo like it's just a thing now everything after that you can make your case for and i mm-hmm. definitely want to read stuff off in the chat uh you guys talk about that while i add jamie to this call well, as, as long as we're, you've got a little pause here, um, you were saying you were getting messages about like half the people saying it wasn't lethal enough yes. and um, saying it needed to be more brutal and half the people saying it was too dark. On the on the subject of like not lethal enough slash things of consequence aren't happening, I feel like that's not as much the case. Like not all things of consequence are violent and like character death threatening. Like mm-hmm. when, when I read um, – when I read like interactive fiction, like the the really there's there's a really good brand making stuff on Android and iTunes Store uh, called Choice of Games, and Choice of Games makes amazing interactive fiction that plays out like extended text form Mass Effect almost. Right. So you're making even even in like non action chapters or whatever of these stories, you're making these consequential decisions that let you decide, you know, let you show the world who you are and, and the world then acts back to you and things like that. And that's, that's all stuff of consequence, even though I can understand that it becomes like kind of long form chatty at times. But I think, I think there's definitely still stuff of really significant consequence that happens even when we spend entire sessions role playing. Uh, yes, I think. Okay. Even after the cart thing, 
And uh, there was a bunch of stuff that happened on Group B. There were a couple of people that were upset that characters didn't stay dead. Um, and I feel like resurrection's tough enough in our world. If people, let's say, if you want to put it that way, if people get away with it, um, then awesome for them, man, because uh, they might not be so lucky next time. Well, I, you you put stakes on it, right? Like yeah. you, you you assign dice rolls to it, and you said, "Hey, I won't necessarily <laughs> tell you what's on all these tables, but things could go horribly wrong." Yep. And one person got away with it pretty clean. Yep. And one person got away significantly less clean. So, like, <laughs> like it's okay if the characters come back as long as there a a, pri- a price was paid or a price was risked at least. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know you've. We've talked about how you, you know, took a hatchet to the spell list for for Theria's version of D and D five E, and removed like no drama resurrection. Um, and, and the alternative has been really good for storytelling. Yeah. Uh, hi, Jamie. Hi. Hello. Can you guys Slack hear me? Okay. Absolutely can. You're yes. Doing- yeah. yeah. Sounding great. I am so sorry. You're fine. No, I'm the worst person imaginable. I and... I, I think you're like third worst. Like, there's a couple <laughs> ahead of you. You're fine. <laughs> oh, I can like catch my breath. I didn't hear the question, but it, the answer sounded really educational. <laughs> so what was the, I want to know what the question was that I missed because like I don't have any context for what Rob was saying. You're jumping right in. You were just like, yes, I am part of this chat. I, am, I, am I was I was following along on my phone for a while, and then when you added me to the call, I had my phone going, my computer going, Skype going, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, there's too many things. So I like shut everything down before I jumped in the call. So I like totally missed. No, I was the um, inner space. Yeah, yeah. I was I was countering that people were saying like, well, it it was, you know, just recently for group A it was too easy for people to come back to life. And I said, Well, D D as written has resurrection spells that have virtually no significant cost in bringing people back. Like Yeah. For for one of our characters, a price was risked and dodged. For another one of our characters, a price was risked and paid. Um yeah. it's it's been I was saying it has it's been significantly better for storytelling <laughs> than the way the D D spells are written in canon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I feel like I feel like in the case of uh, Donovan's Resurrections, that's so that was so circumstantial. There's no way to know if he can do that again, because the episode ended with Kirkland being gone from the armor, if I remember correctly. So or at least not talking. Exactly. So he could be gone for years, thousands of years, hundreds of years. You never know now. I, I, I think. Um, the the one person I responded to an email that uh, it was kind of like, yeah, if you're still taking feedback, it's way too easy for people to come back. Or at least it seemed that way because we had group deaths on a group A and B back to back. And then a bunch of people came back. And I think two things. One, uh, they're pretty much assuming that uh, Donovan could just do that at will, which he can't. Uh, and two... I don't think they were counting NPC deaths. I think that, that that person only counted party deaths as relevant. And I, mm. I, if someone dies bringing someone else back, and in the case of Group B, that's what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone lost someone very dear to them, their their mentor, almost like a mother figure, gone uh, to bring them back. I look at that as very interesting from a character perspective. We're going to see... Uh, like, okay, death is death, right? A character dies, mm-hmm. that's very sad, and that can affect the rest of the party. But 
for them to touch on death or come back from that and kind of bring this weight with them, I think that's better for role play. I think you get more mileage out of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and group wise, you can't say it's easier for like easy to resurrect all across the board because think about if like Merrick just died out of nowhere. Like say if he died and um, Ethne couldn't couldn't keep healing him, he just died right there. We're shit out of luck. We don't have any way to bring him back. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. It's very situational, and I mean every group had a major sacrifice in order to do that. I mean, just and- looking at pretty much what they traded for their lives. And we haven't seen any repercussions yet either, is I think a big thing too. Like, mm-hmm. at least for Group B, we've seen little bits and pieces of, of after Larg back, but we haven't seen anything for you guys at all. You know? Well, okay. Nothing's aired yet. We sure as hell aired recorded yet. something. That's true. Nothing's aired yet. That's true. <laughs> there's a, there's a yeah, there's rough a- episode. I, I gotta I, remember, there's a whole aftermath that none of the people in the chat have heard yet. Um, oh boy! So uh, I don't get any special treatment just because I have to wait for the episode. <laughs> <with you. laughs> I'm I'm really excited for that because Ubo's just sitting. From what we know as a listeners, Ubo's sitting on the floor right now, and he just got mm-hmm. done with the deal. So I'm, I wanna, I really wanna know what's going on after that. Yeah, it's it's what a cliffhanger that that ended oh. on fifty seven. <sighs> That was so. Let's break this episode down. But <clears throat> there is, there's a whole other episode that we recorded, and I. That's kind of what I'm speaking to. Uh, you get just speaking for Group A right now. All of you guys took the ball and ran with that. So just living, just surviving. That's that's not getting away clean. Uh, there's there was Susan, as Maddie just ripped the house down for me. Like there was a line um, that, that she said in this episode that hasn't aired yet that just destroyed me. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of character consequences to come from that. Uh, So, okay. Enough screwing around episode 57. So Masoka came back. That's awesome. And we, um, behind the scenes, James kind of took, an opportunity because he thought uh, character stuff with this resurrection, he's been patched up a bit. He's had this very smoker's voice thing. <laughs> and that was a nice touch. That was that cool. Was that was a little, that was a little detail. That's like, Oh, that's, that's actually really smart. Damn. Okay. Uh, so did he just like, did he just, was that like on the fly or was he thinking about that for a while? I imagine. Well, he came into it uh, that session uh, talking about it. So I think okay. that's something that I think it's something he put a lot of thought into. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, so the situation that group a faced at the beginning of that episode is yay. Masoka's back. Amvin's gone. So Michael's sitting in the call. We're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, and when we wrapped up the last episode, Rob, um, how, how were you feeling like as a, as a player? Cause you know, yeah, there were two party deaths and I, I think the group ran out of their way to, to kind of tell you, it's like, yeah, man, it's not your fault. Like it, it could have been anything. Well, no, they did. There was, uh, the, I mean, those of you who are, uh, supporting us through patreon.com, uh, cough, cough. Nice. Um, Got some good shilling. That's good. Yeah. Uh, have, have heard, have heard, cause you, you cut both the, 
behind the scenes before and after that episode together, right? Yes, always do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we were discussing it, and I, 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 my the, the the thrust of the discussion was me basically saying Ubo wants to die, right? Like yeah, he, like he feels like the world's greatest disappointment uh, to everyone he has ever known. Um, he literally, like, he literally is kind of, he, he no longer trusts himself to take action independently. Like he, he, he's at the risk of becoming just like a submissive husk of like, I don't, I don't trust myself to make decisions anymore. Um, but then like after that, we didn't play for how many weeks? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Again, the holidays happened. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I think it was so like was, seven. Was, yeah, so there was a significant break, and I I got some time to process and like figure out how I was going to play it. Um, but in the moment, yeah, I was like, at the end of fifty five, I was just broken. Like both both myself, like, oh my gosh, these people wanted to do things with their characters, and I've robbed them of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shame. Um, but then also thinking about Ubo and him being like, you know, that kind of thing would totally change how he handles himself from that point forward. And then um, getting into episode 57 and kind of doubling down, like, like so desperate to fix what went wrong that he did something more wrong. Right, because um, because like yeah, in, in the moment, like I said, at the end of fifty five, I was very paralyzed, and I'm like, well, Ubo Ubo just can't do anything anymore. He can't do anything, and then there was that opportunity hanging, that that low hanging fruit of like, you know, and, and then further to watch Masoka get resurrected and be like, we're halfway there, right? Like to be given that weird, um, you know, to be broken and shamed, and then to get that weird glimmer of hope. Like this is halfway fixed. If I do the other half, it's all fixed. Right. You know? Yeah. There's a chance of redemption. Yeah. 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 So it was kind of like looking at the momentum and being like, uh, the, you know, we're halfway there, you know, like this, I could put this all behind me kind of thing. Well, um, let's talk about price. Cause man, uh, so, <clears throat> the low-hanging fruit Rob's talking about is essentially Clarissa explained to the group, <clears throat> and I've I I wanted to ex- I think we explained this a lot better in the the follow-up episode, but to talk about it here, Clarissa just feels terrible. Right? There's very little she can do. She doesn't have the power to try and resurrect somebody. There's nobody at the temple that could attempt that right now. There's just absolute helplessness. And seeing you guys like 24 hours before talking about like it. Okay. In hindsight, it's almost the, yeah, man, I'm one day till retirement. I'm, man, I'm, I'm going to get my pension and retire by the lake. And I'm, boom, and you explode. Yeah. Uh, and it just. She feels absolutely terrible. So resorting to a demonic pact is basically like, well, here's the only card I got. And she brought it up to the group. That was shot down. What I think what kind of pushed her over the edge was like, Ubo just feels absolutely terrible. Um, She feels absolutely terrible. And she feels like logically the two of them can have a handle on it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it, like it's funny. You know, the group is like, no, 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 never do that. Don't do that at all. Da 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 da. And then she goes off on her own, and Ubo goes and joins her, and the two like broken, desperate people are in a room with nobody throttling them. You know, right? Like, it was, it was like the moment Ubo walked into that room, it was a setup for a crisis. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how tough and, and anybody in group A, I think Susan's out there, anybody in group A who wants to chime in, I'm wondering how tough that is for the rest of the party in a situation like that, when they know that what's about to happen probably isn't good. And they probably want to back back you up in some capacity or stop you from doing the thing. Right. But character-wise, obviously, they don't know you're about to do it. They're in a completely different place. They're talking. I wonder if that's tough for them just to sit there and it's like, well, I guess we're going to let this awful thing happen. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, would, I guess my response to that would be, in, in all the sessions I've played in anyway, DNR has set a precedent of like, Hey, maybe don't metagame, right? Like that. The, oh, yeah. We, we don't consciously talk about that in like a mm. in like a high detail way, but it's kind of it's kind of an unspoken code of like, hey, this is how we roll. If you're not there, you don't know, and don't don't try to engineer, don't try to engineer justification to put yourself somewhere where you can't be. Right. Uh, Susan's in the chat. Yep, I completely wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> wanted you to do it. Wanted you to, oh yeah. So I, it, it, yeah, but obviously Maddie as a character didn't, and that came through later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we get, we're, we're recording this scene, and I wanna, I wanna step back and talk about recording this, cause I, I had a couple of accusations tossed at me that essentially I engineered it so that it was Darmok. <laughs> I, remember, I remember people accusing you of that D10 table just being Darmok, 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 yeah. all the way down. And it's like, I saw I, that it, too, yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. the night. Okay, so the night we recorded it, I uh, I always fill in Brie after the fact. Because um, obviously she's got to stay abreast of everything that's happening on the show. So it's like, oh man, there was this table that just happened to roll an 8, 8 through 10 is this. And it's, like, it's so we're, we're talking about it. And I never, I never really thought about it um, seeming engineered or like ringerish like uh but yeah i i think at least playfully i think a lot of people thought that it was just yeah there's no other demons on that table or no there's um it was going to be that no matter what <clears throat> and i i almost wish it wasn't Darmok. uh just to add some person like just to see like, what else is out there you know what i mean yeah, communicate like, the versatility of the setting right yeah uh, but I mean, that's, I, I also think that that's a very interesting twist in that there's, I, I feel like if that scene had went differently and maybe Uba was a bit more cooperative about it, I mm. think you guys would have gotten a, uh, it's like, okay, here's the price that I want. Boom, you go do it or whatever. Uh, but because Ubo's so reluctant and it was just kind of a mess, we ended up getting a situation where, uh, you know, he kind of grants this wish, but you don't exactly know the cost. Right. It, yeah, it was it was like just a favor at a later date, right? Was all of it. Yes. It's very um, it's very monkey paw wish kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, but at that point, it, it had become clear to Ubo that his uh, less than stellar charisma was not going to carry him free of this torment. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was, he kind of turned a corner and was like, I need to put this into a realm where I'm capable. I need to, I need to use my strengths, not my weaknesses, um, if I'm right. ever going to make anything good happen. Um, yeah. And we all know how that went. <laughs> so I guess I guess my question, because this is elephant in the room stuff, we got to talk about this. A Wishmaster. Oh, that yes, Susan. Wishmaster. Tell me you guys have seen Wishmaster. Those mm-hmm. delightfully cheesy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I love mm-hmm. that movie. <laughs> okay. What do you think the price is going to be? I would love to go around the table here and ask. Ooh. I I let's start with uh, let let's start with Zach. Well, first off, I if I can backtrack a little. Sure. I feel like the the whole eight through eight through uh ten or eight through twenty Darmok thing isn't really a thing because we all know how competitive hell is supposed to be, right? And we all know Darmok is on the rise. So it just doesn't make sense to like not have him at a higher level than some of the other demons, right? Because right, right. he's on the rise. So I I don't I would never thought that would be like something doctored or something just for him only. There's there's a competition. And that's how I view it. But uh, uh, the price wise, though, if I remember correctly, Darmok does have her soul, right? That is a thing. I mean, a deal was cut. Yeah. So like that technically and belongs you just to him. Don't know what deal though, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> that. Uh, <sighs> Those demonic packs, like, the soul isn't necessarily enough. Like, there's mm. so much leverage. If you're desperate enough to do it, there's so much... Like, you're you're going to sign over a bunch of stuff, right? And to get my math completely straight here, Clarissa was of the cloth in some capacity. Oh, yeah. Oof. Oof, okay. Um, oof. I I just I I feel like her soul is going to be used for something quite nefarious. But to say what I don't know. I I know what Darmark wants because he said it clearly. You know, he wants to be freed in a certain in a certain sense. So that, it could be something like that. But to, for what her soul is going to be used for specifically, I couldn't say. I just know Jadzia is involved. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we are, we're in the back half of arc two, so. Can I ask a question? Sure. Was it confirmed that that's the soul Darmok took was Clarissa's? No. Okay. Because, okay, here's my theory, y'all. It's Darmok. He's going to take whatever offer's given, and both offers were given to him, so he's got both of their souls. <laughs> <laughs> Darmok is shrewd. You could, it's, it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he was not leaving there until business was done. So, so he's probably just like, all right, I mean, if you both want to give me your soul for this one thing, fine. Here, I'll take them both. Get that off your hands. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was under the inclination that there had to be more active agreement than that. Like, you know, Clarissa at the end of that scene basically says something to the effect of just do it or just yeah. go or like, whereas right. Ubo was like, 
go home <clears throat> monster like this you know, we we've decided against this meeting we're going to take our we're going to take our luggage and go kind of thing right um, yeah and he's like cutting those hooks out of him <clears throat> Um, so I, I don't think Ubo, I don't think Ubo paid, uh, in, in the sense, I don't think Ubo paid Darmok. I think mm-hmm. Ubo, uh, paid in another sense and, and, and he feels rather guilty about that. Um, but I, I guess, um, I guess I'll just like pop into your original question here, which was, what do you think the price is going to be? Um, I, here's, here's my, here's my out on a limb. And, and this is my first interaction with Darmok in a P in the PC shoes. So I don't, maybe I don't have as much context for him as other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, thinking about demons and thinking about being crafty and nefarious, I feel like the ultimate thing of all would not only be to take this pure kind soul, uh, but would be to use her to actually bring down her church to, to put her, <laughs> to put her in a no win situation where it's either like something you love uh, gets utterly destroyed or tormented or tortured, or you ruin your church. You ruin you ruin the faith um, in a very irreversible way that like loses that it like loses all um, public trust and and right. collapses and and into into ruin. Um, I feel like that's the kind of I mean that way. sounds like yeah. a really demony thing to do. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you just, it, I, I, I foresee her getting put in a situation where she has to choose between some great personal loss and the the church itself collapsing and right. which one she chooses will just kind of depend on how things play out in the moment. What's, okay, what's awesome is, uh, like I said, we did record a session after that, but there's been a lot of stuff where I'm getting to write ahead like i'm kind of seeing where things are going and i'm trying to guess where we're going to end things at the end of this arc but it's it's building up to like ooh, what if this happens what if this happens like there's all kinds of terrible Mm -hmm. terrible like consequences like far flung but uh i'm i i guess it just depends on how things go the next uh next few sit downs yeah Um, like i can see if darmark is wanting to go one of two routes. Like he can go the one route of how can I get at the gods and then use Clarissa for that or go for his obsession and then use Clarissa to kind of feed that. I think both of them would break her down immensely, but I guess it depends on what his end goal is. Right. Uh, do you guys want to backtrack and talk about episode 56 real quick? Yeah. Now that the slackers here, I mean, <laughs> Wow. I'm just joking. Just joking. Well, you were saying you felt really guilty about not being here. Do, 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 is the reason you were out something very justified or was like totally frivolous? So I was like, I was like, yeah, I just want to go get like a big thing of bubble tea before the show or something. Like, was I it? Mean, no, I had a callback and originally everything scheduled out to be fine, but then they pushed me. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, so that, was, that's pretty justified. Yeah, yeah. And it was for like a paying job. So I really couldn't be like, sorry guys, y'all missed out, you know? In all seriousness, get your gigs, man. Go, go out there. You're fine. Like, you're... <laughs> thanks. I appreciate it. And I had put in enough time where I was like, oh, I'm gonna make it back in plenty of time. But then my Uber driver got lost, and it was just a whole hubbub. So, but yeah, we can go back to episode 56 if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk about taking stock. Uh, let's talk about more death and carnage and yay and... death. Yay. Uh, so, okay. 
Very quick Cliff Notes version for Group B. Mm. Holy God. Okay. <laughs> we kind of need that a lot. We do. So, okay, since October, we had Larg die at the hands of assassins who were sent by the Black Hand in Brightport to essentially bring in Braylon and Calden. So Braylon and Calden, on the way back to Dern Hollow to try and find somebody to resurrect Larg, decided that the best thing to do was go on a drug uh, a, a, a drug trip. <laughs> yeah. I, I okay. This is very difficult to explain because I'm thinking about like we're not Rob. even halfway there yet. No. So <laughs> Rob, this is what they did. So. <laughs> All right, that, paint me a picture, Jason. Okay, so laying down next to the dead body of Larg in a cart, being driven back to Dernhollow. Mm-hmm. Calden's idea was to essentially take Therian LSD <laughs> and try to speak with the gods. To is barter. There, now, is there precedent for this working or. Not really, but like... Not really? Not really? It's more like... I Okay, the way I explained it was, well, I mean, people feel like they talk to a god or something. <laughs> like, it's cut, it's cut, like, that's not... But, but, like, he... I guess it was more... It, it's Ian, so it's more like, well, I want to try. Like, let's see what happens. Like, it's like, we're just on the road back anyway, so we're going to lay down and, and, and take this and just be out on the way back. So, you know, fair enough. Let's do it. So we had these crazy drug trip dream things. And Braylon ends up losing his memory for the last two years. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right. So he wakes up, doesn't know where he is, sees a dead body next to him and the people in the cart, fires off thunderclap, Mm -hmm. spooks the donkeys that (laughs) that are pulling the cart, and they start ripping through town. They run over a small child. Oh, no. Larg falls out of the back. It gets worse. Larg falls out of the back of the wagon. Braylon jumps out to just run off and and into the night. And Calden gives chase. Meanwhile, everybody else in the cart is just trying to get this cart to stop. Again, they run over a small child. They rip through town on the other side uh, and basically dive off the cart before it kind of hurls off a cliff yep, with, all their, with, with all, all their belongings with all their belongings well most yeah. of our belongings most of their belongings most yeah most and of the donkeys. oh my god but wait we're still not through episode 55 nope <laughs> it's insane so Callie which is uh, Karen's character tries to jump off of the wagon to get to this kid and see if she could save him she rolls a one falls on her face and hits her head Manages to get to this, to get to the boy, uh, 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 Jeremy or Vernon is the, the nickname's been given to him over the years and, and actually saves the kid. Awesome. Right. Very good. Yeah. Skipping a bit. <laughs> Ellen, who is Larg's mentor, um, lived in, uh, um, Donhurst with him and trained him and all that stuff. Known him for years is a paladin. Mm-hmm. Runs down the road after being informed Lark died. Sacrifices herself to bring him back. 
So now we have Braylon with no memory of the group or any time for the last two years or so. Basically his time on the show. Uh, we have a dead Ellen. We have the group heading back into town and then immediately getting into a fight with a crummy bar patron who they tried to rip off before leaving town. It's a huge mess. Yeah. It's a so, big old mess. To be fair, somewhat self-inflicted. Some, yes. It sounds like. It, a little, yes. <laughs> I mean, what, right? Like, you, you kind of like... You, it's been you, a busy few months. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For, for Group B, it's been a busy day. <laughs> yes. So, that's where we... <laughs> so, okay. By the way, there's a huge bar fight. We're talking like a Blazing Saddles bar fight. And Larg <laughs> is just so pissed <laughs> off at this point that he's terminating through the, the establishment <laughs> and killing people. And meanwhile, Tatiana's trying to barter with this gentleman named Titus Crane, uh, who is a uh, kind of a low-life pimp guy, like not a good guy. Sure. Um, and essentially, he doesn't like the fact that he looked weak in front of the town. So Tatiana's... Uh, <laughs> this guy starts beating Tatiana, essentially, and she's like, okay, our business is concluded here. I'm going to leap off this balcony and make it look like you threw me. <laughs> so she tumbles off this balcony and injures herself. Uh-huh. And uh, that's when the law gets involved, essentially. Just in the mm. nick of too late. Um, <clears throat> that's where we... That's where... Uh, episode, that's where we pick up episodes. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, what is this show? So, uh, episode 56, Taking Stock, essentially. Group B has to have a very frank discussion about what the hell it is <laughs> they're doing anymore, because... I feel Boy. like there's, yeah, there's competing visions going on there mm. for, like... Yeah, it's a... It's a hot mess. Uh, so, first off... The group basically takes a look around and says, Okay, are we still... Are we in a fight? What's happening? Can we just chill? And then they go meet in the bar. And essentially, everyone kind of lays out their their ideas and thoughts and plans. And obviously uh, the black hand is something to deal with. The, uh, the, 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 the whole, you know, Braylon's memory is a thing to deal with. Uh, and Calden's arm. Calden's. Oh, by the way, forgot to mention this. Calden lost an arm. Mm, that, that, makes, that makes it very difficult to adventure. It does. Yeah, you need an arm. Uh, you need two. Yeah. Wor- you, you could get by with one working arm. Mm. Uh, need, at this point, he's been going uh, one arm for a little bit now. He's starting to get used mm. to it, I think. I mean, for, for okay, now. That will, get you, that will get you pretty far. Wait till he's hanging from something or needs to pull right. on something. Or, t- like, the second. Now, Calden's a sorcerer. Not exactly the most robust physical character class. They'll like, never be able to shoot an arrow, though. That's true! I mean, I guess you could get a modified crossbow or something like yeah. that, but yeah. Anyway, they have this big conversation, and essentially they decide, okay, we're gonna go to Esterholt, and we're gonna try and get the Paladins of Cord to go to Brightport with us, and we'll take care of the Black Hand. 
I feel like we're missing a really big thing, though. We are, and I'm going to get to it, I swear. Okay. There's so many big things. I know. Um, and we're going to stop at a nearby cave to see if we could find herbs and moss and fungi to mix up a potion and maybe restore Braylon's memories. Now, uh, in the midst of all that, there's this lovely funeral scene. Um, I got to give Jameson props on this one. It's so good. I there's this lovely. Uh, they have this uh, funeral scene at dusk, and they 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 kind of bury Ellen in town. Uh, well, outside of town, but I I it's it's a really it's a really touching thing. Um, he has this little re- a letter he wrote, and it's yeah. I that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when. Uh, people kind of wrote in and they're like, yeah, everyone got off scot-free. It's like, no, mm. they didn't. Like, <laughs> people die. Um, okay, we haven't wrapped up this episode, but what did you guys think listening to all this? Because it's a... I guess it's, it's kind of rare for backstory characters, because that's a character that Jameson wrote, Ellen, um... And and I guess it's kind of rare for a backstory character to get so much focus on the show. I mean, I, like you said, Jason, there's there's a lot to unpack here for sure. Um, first, I, I just I, I when I was listening to the episode, well, like maybe not this episode specifically because I don't think this is the one where. Uh, uh, Ian had the idea to uh, take the LSD, but when, no, I, this... <laughs> when I was listening to the episode, I was like, oh, this can only go one way, and that's the bad way. And since then, I feel like there's been a cascading effect of, like, Group B trying to, for lack of a better word, just try to, like, catch themselves, and they've been falling even more, like, they like just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're bad decisions are like man you know i don't want to mince words but like i just there there are bad repercussions and they've been trying to to their to their credit they've been trying to fix and mend what they've done but i just it i feel like sometimes this group looks at themselves and they they have this moral quandary like are we the are we the good guys here right they were robbing people yeah i won't lie to you they were robbing people Mm-hmm. And I just honestly, it's it's all so entertaining, <laughs> but I, it can go so wrong so quickly. Like, how do you know when the when the law came, cuffs aren't getting slapped on them? Right, exactly. I guess it comes down to like proof, because uh, they did get away, pre- not scot free, but they got away with like one witness. Now, Jason, if that boy died <clears throat> in that street, yeah. <sighs> That's all I'm going to say if that boy died. That was the thing I got an email about. Uh, I got an email. It's like, that kid should have stayed dead. You gave him too many chances. And I'm like, I mean, I I But here's the thing is I agree with everything that you are saying. That, yes, it does feel like we're falling and that we're trying to catch up. And that is due to the fact that I feel we have really bad dice nights. And then we'll have, like, good ones, you know? But it's like when we have a bad dice night, it is a bad one it's like every single role that actually has stakes is bad so 
it makes for an interesting story. Like you said, like it's entertaining, which is great because I feel like everybody in group B is works really well with sort of going with the punches. Right. You know, I've noticed that especially Jameson losing such a great character like Ellen. I'm sad that she didn't get more time on the show because it seemed like that backstory and relationship was really sought out by Jameson and he's such a great role player. I wish I could have gotten more of that, but you know, you can only do what the dice will allow. (laughs) And I feel like, okay, relatively speaking, and this may be just, um, I guess this, this could be my mind coloring things in, but I feel like group a things have been relatively good for them since the arc started until very recently. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything that they've attempted to do They've pointed at the situation and said, we're going to do this. And it mostly works out. They I mean, yeah, in- for, for Ubo's money, like for the longest time with Group A, his biggest problem was we really take our time walking from town to town. Right? Yeah. Like, just, like, <laughs> what if we got moving? You know? <laughs> Let's jog sometimes. Biggest, yeah, yeah. That was his <laughs> biggest concern at a certain point. Um, and I feel like Group C, for the most part... Uh, it's been touch or go. Like they started off rough with uh, Elrath uh, mm-hmm. catching a deadly disease and them trekking through the desert, and that was all crappy. But it it hasn't all been crappy, you know. Group B, no. it's been one big story version of kick the can, and Group B is the can, and it's just been since th- like you had one pleasant day when the arc started. You guys were in the fair, fair bay. The fair bay. <laughs> the yep. You guys had a nice episode. fair. It was the, the harvest festival and you guys are having fun. You went and saw Tatiana's family. And ever since then, you've been attacked by locusts. You've been, you've lost arms Assassin. and memories. A demon filled city. A, like the, the divide. Oh my God, the divide. And uh, it's just been one catastrophe after another. I guess my question. Now that you guys have centered yourselves and you're you're pointing at the road and you have a plan, do you think it's going to even out? I mean, much like um, Group A, we have an episode in the can, yes? Yep. So I know the answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the real, it, the real question is, like, have we really evened ourselves out? Because all of these issues that we were still facing are still here. We just now have a game plan. True. As to how to sort of attack them, you know, um, I think we definitely needed this episode that we this episode, episode 56, where we sort of just sat down and really talked about like, OK, here's everything that we put on our own plates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's decide what we're going to handle first. And I think it's our turn to have some good news for Group B 2019, baby. <laughs> what? That's. <laughs> that was the joke, wasn't it? <laughs> that was, it's like, oh, 2019, we're turning it around. We're doing it. Um, and the, the good news from, from what I'm hearing, the, the good news is it sounds like you've set yourself up for kind of a great, meaningful, late story arc, no matter what. Because you sat down and you all said, this is it. We're going to fix it. We're going to do better and we're going to be better. Mm-hmm. So you've got two possible stories that play out, right? You've got the triumphant, <laughs> like... We actually do do it. We we resolve ourselves. We change as people, so on and so forth. Or you've got the like hilariously tragic of like, no, the downfall goes even further, right? Oh, like, like oh, we yeah. we commit to turning around, and then it, and then like everything bursts into flames, right? It could happen. I mean, and it would be entertaining either way. I think 
Group B will be able to push through it because. And yeah. it's it's so funny. The beautiful thing about last season and playing with some people and switching it up is, you know, I played with I played with Karen, I played with mm-hmm. Valerie, and I can tell by sometimes their their tone and inflection. They're about done with the shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Especially Valerie, oh. you can totally tell with Valerie. I love yes. you so much. I love you, Valerie. <laughs> He's like a project manager to be like, no, 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 no. We're not going on the on the rabbit trail. Stay on track. So I'm going to oh, check when, in with you tomorrow and make sure that we could check this off. When yeah. Ian suggested the drugs, I could tell oh Karen my was God. like, huh? <laughs> Karen's I okay. Tell. I Karen's momly uh, instincts took over, so Callie became it's like, I guess I'll keep an eye on you and hydrate you while you're unconscious. Valerie's just done. And what's awesome about this is in D&D sometimes someone will come up with a crazy idea, right? And then the dice, uh, the dice kind of work with that person and prove them right. Not in group B. A wacky idea is thought up and it goes the worst possible way. And Valerie as, uh, as Elaine is just like, okay, hold up, stop. So your idea is to, Completely incapacitate yourself. And uh, what was the other idea that Calden had? It's like, well, we need to go to the Silver Glade and go. It's like. You've got to get the inflection, yeah. though, because she's like, so you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the most rational character. <laughs> Every single time she does it, I have to mute because I am cracking a nut because it is just so perfect for Elena. I love it so much. Because, I mean, in reality, I think most people would be that person. But the group mm-hmm. it, the group is so – I think they're so used to thinking outside the box that Elena is, like, trapped in a sitcom where it's like, <laughs> is no one else thinking this is insane? Like, we're, we're all going to die. And uh. – <laughs> And, and uh, hats off to Valerie because she's I, – I love how she's playing Elena because she's just trying to live her life. She went into a bar, found someone nice. Oh, Everyone yeah. else yeah. – She's just, oh, it's just so it's so great. It's 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 nice to see someone that's just trying to be a human, you know, just trying yeah. to. What was yeah. his name that she met? Oh, oh, damn it! Um, oh, I, I the half elf, the half elf oh, gentleman. Yes, yeah, yeah. the half. I hope we see him again. I, I, I don't think that's over. I don't know. Valerie was quick to write it off. It's like, well, I guess we didn't hit it off. It's like I don't know. Like a lot was going on at the time that could have. Mm-hmm. That could have Especially if you like run into each other in another city, then it's a whole new thing. Oh, it's romantic. Well, you could be hiding under the cart, but that <laughs> be a thing. Been there, done that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even Rob. I didn't even mention the guy that strapped himself no. to the bottom of their cart <laughs> to stalk one of them. <laughs> Who wow, I didn't even remembered? mention. Yeah. Uh, to wrap up this, to okay, if all that wasn't enough, oh, this is the best part. If all that wasn't enough for Group B. While you guys are having a very heartfelt discussion about what you should do and where you should go, a couple of things are laid out on the line. Larg confesses to the group that he's sure he spoke to Arathus while he was dead. And that Arathus said, oh, there's a bunch of awful things coming and uh, you guys might be the uh, some of the only people who could stop it. So that's no pressure, right? And then Callie revealed to the group to to talk about it that there's a curse on her family uh, and that every time someone reaches the age of 30, they die. 
two small Heavy. things. It's it, you're just two, just a couple of small things. So <laughs> Callie has months to live, and Larg kind of laid it on the group. It's like, yeah, oh, we got to save stuff, and that has not been working uh, for the group so far. So whether that's true or not, I, I mean, yeah, that's. So the group decided to head to Asterholt and try to get the Paladin's Accord to help out, which. Honestly, I don't know how that's going to go. So <laughs> that was episode 56. Holy shit. Um, uh-huh. But we went through a few days in that episode because we started on the 27th of Yesti and ended on the 2nd of Furrier. So we're catching up. Yep. Uh, things are happening. Let's jump ahead to episode 58 of Arc 2 Acquaintances. This is a Group C episode. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to tag in Ryan and, and Zach a lot more here. Interesting way to kick off this episode. You guys are outside of Aldmore. And you realize someone's following you. And you're... Your instinct, I guess, is to just leave them alone. They're fine. Well, first was stare back at them. I mean, yes. that, that was oh, the yes. initial thing of like, don't look, and then everybody looks. Uh, Avalon went to the middle of the road so he can get a good look. I was, I, I promise you, I was going to have him walk down the road, but you said he was like half a mile away. So I didn't that want to. That would a long walk. Yeah, I didn't want to go that long, but if it was closer, oh. That would have been an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it was? I couldn't tell you. I It's just, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I would follow I, us. I mean, I don't think we're being followed. I just feel like it was someone on the trail, maybe. Mm. Oh, uh, Rob, I guess you should know this. Um, there was an attempt on Tessie's life. Oh. Uh, and uh, she's uh, she's not exactly making friends with the black hand. Uh, and they're heading south to own a call, the desert city to uh, talk about business things with the Aladrin. Okay. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want you, just a quick, quick side note. I, as, as I sit here and, and <laughs> you're repeatedly filling me in on things because you know that I'm, I'm, I have not been listening to the other two groups. I, I want you, I want to state my intent on the recording here to listen to arc two and actually be an informed uh, informed cast member outside of my group. <laughs> what? I'm going to try to be better. That's, uh, well, 2019, okay. baby, 2019. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say. I, I, it occurs to me how terribly that reflects on me as part of the cast to be un, unsupportive in that fashion and just not, like, like I, I feel like, it's been a handicap to being better integrated with people outside my own group. And that's, that needs to stop. Well, I mean, you're okay. You're, you're a dad. You got, yeah, you got work. You got stuff. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that everybody in the, I think most people try to listen to everybody else. The cool thing is your jobs, uh, a a third of those episodes, you don't have to listen to because you were there. Well, right, right. And, and so I'll, I'll listen around those, but, but I want to, I I want to be better about this. So I just, I, I, I just want for all the people sitting here listening to Jason, like giving me session recaps so I can participate in the conversation. I'm going to try to tune that down. I'm going to try to get things back in order and, and catch up and listen. to. Work. 
Well, that's awesome, man. I I noticed you were much more engaged for the behind the scenes thing. Like you jumped right in. Like I, and it's not. I there was no part of us that was sitting there like, oh, Rob's not talking. It was just like, yeah, you're you're hanging out. You're you're doing your thing. Well, yeah, and it, um, it, not to sidetrack this much longer, but I I think also <laughs> just like popping in more on the Facebook page and seeing you know seeing the conversations surrounding all the stuff that just happened to Group A. I'm like, man, I like. There are a lot of really passionate people absorbing this show, and, oh, and God, I yeah. do. I would do more justice to them to be be a stronger cast member on the in, information front. So, um, I'm, I was you get you guys. It's actually been like really encouraging to like get me to this point to go to the Facebook page and see how much enthusiasm all of you listeners have as you're as you're talking about the show. Uh, that's been kind of a, a cool corner to turn. Yeah, dude, they're all insane. Um, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're all insane. They're all insane. <laughs> they're, they're, they're amazingly awesome people. And I know I've uh, brought up the emails a couple times. I'm in no way like hurt or mad that we're getting emails like that. I'm glad you feel you. Okay. Do you know for me how, how much I got to feel something to email somebody about something I heard on a show? I don't know that I've ever done yeah. that. Like, hmm. that's insane that people, we get those emails every single day and it's fucking awesome. Like, it, yeah, like, yeah. It's like when you get the receipts back for making a purchase and they're like, oh, hey, would you mind doing this survey? And you have every intention to do that survey. Yep. But then you get home and you're like, eh. Yeah, it's so hard, Chipotle. <laughs> so like, go, it's just, everybody yeah. who writes in. Yay. Uh, okay. I sidetracked things enough, but, but yeah. Yeah. Go enthusiasm. Okay. Go ahead. So. Group C of the t- of the three groups we're talking about had the best time, I think. There were no deaths. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so you guys get to Aldmore, and there's a big Warforged community, right? I mean, not big, but big in terms of, I guess, percentages. There's not many Warforged left. So the fact that they're all kind of living in Aldmore and hanging out and kind of... Talking about warforged rights and you know all that stuff. It's kind of it's it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, we're talking about artwork for the book, and I would love to get artwork done of Drac, because uh, uh, that I I believe on Twitter most people associate him with like Bender. I, I saw I saw that. <laughs> I love that, and we'll do that from nice. now on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I keep saying it's like yeah, but Bender's more likable. Like Drax's an asshole. Like he's uh, not. Yeah, Bender has like weird char- charisma about him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Drax doesn't care who likes him at all. No. Um. So you guys get to Aldmore. You're looking around. There's there's kind of um kind of a carnival feel to the place. There's a lot of street performers. There's you know there's there's stuff going on. Uh, and you guys decide to go to, speaking of Drac, you go to a bar slash inn called The Lantern. Um, and Jasper, like Merrick had interacted with Drac a couple of years back on the show, but uh, the rest of the crew is just meeting him for the first time. Um, that is one of the rare, not rare, but it's one of those scenes where we just got to screw around and you guys just got to hang out in a bar and... We rolled for drinks and we did, we did all kinds of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, is that, is that something you guys enjoy? Is that high up on a list of things that you're like, um, maybe looking forward to? Or is it more, 
uh, heavy roleplay stuff? Uh, for me personally, I feel like that's a part of the heavy roleplay stuff. You know, like it for there, it's uh, that's important for me because like there is, uh, there is some I wouldn't say character development. Maybe it is, but like there's something revealed about Avalan. He's not too keen about Warforge in general. He just I wouldn't say he is racist towards them openly. He just doesn't like them. He was on the side of they should have been eradicated completely. That's just how it is. He's from so, Zach, I think that's racism. Oh, preach, well, preach. I mean it sounds <laughs> <laughs> when you say, okay, I'm just saying, in the real world, if you start up, it's like, look, I'm not racist. I just think they should have been eradicated. I think that's I, racism. I, listen, I got nothing against them. They should have just been wiped clean off the map. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Hashtag Malchus was justified. No. <laughs> very justified. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did something happen to give well, him that? Unless you don't want to give spoilers. Oh no, no, it's it's from the past. It was from it was from Arc One. It was more about that and Avalan. He he met he met Malchus, right? And he his opinion of Malchus is very very high, which he doesn't really talk about, but it is. And he used to be a ranger who specifically lived in the woods, and he Mm -hmm. was around the time. Overwatch was in its full reign, so he saw the devastation they caused, and like he doesn't fully understand that they were slaves. Right, right? they were people that were taken from their body and put into this metal construct. He doesn't really understand that. He just understands, as an entity, they're an abomination, and the less of them, the better. That's just what he's. They're basically they're not natural. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be put in that position. We shouldn't have to deal with them. Interesting. They're they're the antithesis of something that isn't natural. Like they just they just everything that's just unnatural and shouldn't be created is what they are. They're just he just does not like them. He doesn't he being around them makes him very uncomfortable because they have no social cues like like ticks or anything that he really looks for in like a social aspect. So he just right. They don't blink. They just no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I get that. They don't breathe. They don't do anything. So he doesn't. It might sound terrible. He just does not see them as people at all. So, so and, okay. When you explain it like that, that makes way more sense. Maybe don't lead off with the eradicate them all line, but uh, like the rest of it, it's like, oh no, I I completely see what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devastation. Well, if you have the, to do that five second pitch, man. You only got so much time. <laughs> Kill them all. Gotta make I'm your just... statement clear. Yeah, <laughs> you in. With the producer, you can't necessarily get into why you want to kill them all, right? You just have to <laughs> gotta show your passion. You gotta wait for him to say, "Go on." <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> um, yeah, for for me on that side though, it's you have to have that the smaller role play moments in order to build up to the large heavy role play moments. Yes. If all you have is heavy role play moments and combat then you're not going to see a lot of big shifts and a lot of character growth because the character growth is what happens with the small stuff and that's how you start learning oh well this person doesn't like that or that person's really starting to talk to this other person Um, and that's how the party really comes together because in reality I mean if 
we were in their shoes physically, yes, Varys would have done a lot more talking and everything else because they would have spent days on the road, and there's a lot of stuff that we don't see. So we're trying to hit the highlights of their adventure, but you have to highlight some of these things for the characters to grow. So it, it, we can't just always do the heavy stuff. No, I, I totally agree. Even going so you know like so far back as like uh, like arc one, early arc one, um, there there were scenes where they would retire to a bar, or there's mm. they're just talking to a random person on the street, and those those are some of my favorite moments, just because you get to see them Absolutely. as people. Yeah, I think. And, oh, go ahead. oh, I was just gonna chime in. I, I think what you guys are saying about how you need the light moments and the heavy moments, it makes me think. Uh, yeah. Maybe some of you love anime. Maybe some of you think it's just like trash, but like thinking about anime and thinking about like anime series and things like that, it's very common. Like watch for the pattern. You'll get like, if it's like a 20 something episode uh, series or something, you'll get like six or seven episodes of just like whimsical hijinks misadventure at the beginning while you're just getting to know the people and you start Mm -hmm. to love them through that. And then they start driving the knife into them. And it's that much more meaningful that they're experiencing tragedy because you've seen them be lighthearted and friendly and, and happy and, you know, uh, the the contrast between where the story started and where it went. Right. Uh, so you guys essentially get served some disgusting beverages. Oh. Uh, <laughs> see, it was, it was at that point, Evelyn was, feel, it was feeling like this is personal, right? And... <laughs> Bree said something in the chat, which is kind of true. I was pretty openly racist at times because I was just peering at the guy. But, like, I was ready to take it further. I was ready to go above and beyond if if the situation called for it. But we left pretty much after that. But Ooh. I was ready to, I was ready to get into it. Oof. I was if, – if this guy hasn't felt feel before, that might have been his day. I am very interested in that. Wow. Okay. We gotta, we, hey, we're still in that town. That's all you I'm are. Say. Oh snap! I will certainly push that button. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Jason's yeah, yeah. taking notes right now. All right, now. taking yeah. note now. Yeah. Just, oh my god. I just feel like you know, not everyone can be like super well-rounded, and there's some people that just have a certain button or a certain thing they just can't like, and that's it for Avalyn. I'm, I'm, I want to explore that, not because it's, uh, not, not because like that would lead to something terrible, just because it's like, I, I, I think it's interesting to establish that side of Avalanche. Cause for the most part, I think he's been, there's, there's a creepy charming thing about Avalanche, right? Like, I don't think, I don't think we've ever gotten a comment that's like, I don't like Avalanche. I think we get a lot of like, man, he is clearly on the spectrum or something. Like he's very, he very much gets by on reading social cues um, now that uh, now that Effany's gone. Oh, I was just going to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Now, see, the thing is, when he was getting out of line, he had a natural tether right there. Someone to calm him down. Someone to say, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. But she's gone. And to Avalyn, like, she left, but she just kind of up and left him. He wanted to go with her in a certain aspect, but mm-hmm. she was like, no, I had to do this on my own. So to him, he's like, oh, you don't need me anymore. Maybe I'm too, mm-hmm. maybe I'm too far this way or I'm too far that way, and you just don't feel like I'm necessary anymore. So 
something might change in Avalanche. Even though he's with a party, he's with people that respect him and care about him. He might just not know where his boundaries are anymore. And that's that's one of the saddest things when you can not okay not to make this super dark, but like you could be surrounded by people that love you and care about you and support you, but you don't feel it, so you still feel oh, yeah. drift. That's a terrible feeling. So I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. And you know, um, just being surrounded by like the festival and like people singing, and it's like it's like people you're at you're at a concert, but your favorite singer is not there. So it, what does it mean to you? Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So, okay. <clears throat> Interesting thing here. So the entire reason the group went to Aldmore is to find a Diana Astaroth. Uh, and Kelsey was kind enough to, uh, reprise that role and hop onto group C and, uh, did she cast any like over complex summons that took like an entire hour to adjudicate? <laughs> Thankfully, no. Um, <laughs> I love Kelsey, but holy shit. Oh, like, man. <laughs> Kelsey's fine, but Kelsey's, I'm so yeah. glad we retired Diana. Like, she, Diana was problematic for getting sessions completed in a it timely was, fashion. Yeah, it was. I, okay, I don't necessarily blame Diana so much as I blame Fori. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. It's the system, definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure Diana couldn't do that, the same thing again in this system, you know? Don't dare, don't dare, Kelsey. Don't <laughs> like. Don't. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't under, underestimate Kelsey. I would. <laughs> I'm. I'm very interested to see if that can happen. So yes, I, I don't. I, you know what? I double dog dare. Her. Shut up, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't I, think there's I actually a strong so. summon build in Five E. I think. I think we're safe for now. Yeah, until there's an unearthed arcana that fucks everything up. <laughs> but like, <laughs> as of now, I think we're okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that was really cool of Kelsey. And I, I, I like to call Mandy the worst kept secret on DNR. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mandy debuted as Iris. Um, Iris and Diana were essentially kind of study buddies hanging out, uh, researching the occult, uh, in the Aldmore library. Diana is caught up on everything that's happening with Tessia and agrees that she should go find Tessia and uh, see if she needs any help. Diana's been working with uh, House Dragon Keep for a bit now, and that's what uh, that's what's been going on. Diana's a little more grounded as a as a character, a little less, I guess, a little less jaded or angry, um, which was nice to to kind of get a chance to show that off. And we might get a chance to do some more with that. Iris is a very, a very interesting peppy character, and that that stands to reason because Mandy's a very uh, peppy person. And uh, I'm I'm looking to for I'm looking forward to seeing how that meshes with the group. I think they're going to be a fun addition to the team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so usually when someone joins the cast, uh, there's. We're very coy about whether or not they're they they're on the show. Uh, Ryan, I think you sat in on like four sessions before you finally got yeah. a chance to speak. Um, yes. And we usually cut people out of the behind the scenes, and we're very like we're very coy about it. Uh, Manny's been hanging out for a while now, and she's on one of the Patreon groups. So 
they I don't think they knew, but at the same time, it's like I I, I suspect that like Mandy's on the show, and then Mandy was on like a one shot thing mm-hmm. on Patreon before she even debuted on the show. It was a mess, but yeah. that was the holidays. <laughs> It's 2019, yeah, like, baby. Okay. One of the... <laughs> <laughs> I think even one of the behind-the-scenes stuff, like, Brie beeped my name out of a few things. Could have, Somebody yeah. would talk to me or something. It was like, beep, and then cut. So my answer wasn't even there. <laughs> but, like, they're was, speaking like, to the void? <laughs> exactly. It was like, they're speaking to somebody, but I don't know what's happening. Like, like that's how much of a secret it was. Fucking Dr. Claw is like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, like the character on Super Smash out. Brothers, we had to fight. So <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was just the opposite. It was interesting to see. So, yeah, I, I think we just... It, it was too hard to hide anymore, so we're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You guys are paying for it. You can, yeah, it's Mandy. Um, Even then, though, I feel like we had a, a, fun, a fun little uh, first meeting, though. I think it was nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, story. <laughs> uh good God. Uh that wraps up episode fifty-eight. And uh I wanna I wanna get to chat questions and stuff like that. Uh I usually post online um uh for you guys to send us questions and all that. Uh we've just been swamped. So if you guys have questions in the chat, please fire them off at us. Uh, and does anyone in the panel have anything to, to, to say about an episode that we haven't had a chance to cover or something that happened behind the scenes or, I don't know, something we're prepping for? Uh, Name, yeah. I've, I've got something on the side here. I, I, I ran a very brief three-hour Twitter poll this afternoon, which, uh, <laughs> by the way, you were not kind enough to retweet when you shut me down. I, okay, wait. I did not shut you down. Oh. I just I was trying to <laughs> I, I was trying to like uh, I was trying to be your compadre. I was like, hey man, it ain't just you. Trust me. I was more like that, not like it ain't just you, Rob. Like it, I okay. was trying to be supportive. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't spend that many calories to click retweet. Is all I'm saying. All Jesus right. Christ! <laughs> let me go retweet. <laughs> anyway, I was asking people. Um, <laughs> it's it's a, too late now. Don't worry about it. I'm being so, a bad like, internet I'll friend. Subscribe, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> But I was asking people, um, who do they think has done more unforgivable stuff, Malchus or Ubo? And um, Malchus edged out Ubo in the poll. Uh, I, there was also an option of just, like, hard to say if you didn't think you could decide. But Malchus, um, people voted slightly more for Malchus, which I found interesting. And I, I just wanted to, while we're waiting for questions to pour in, say there is stuff going on in Ubo's head about why he's done what he's done the last few episodes that I think if the right person coaxes out of him into the public – you will have a different opinion of Ubo than you hold now. I don't want to. I don't want to load it by like saying what kind of opinion I think you'll have, but I think I think there's things you don't know about Ubo that will surprise you if someone gets him to talk about why he did what he did there. Okay, I I don't even think it's fair to compare Malchus with Ubo. Like, yeah, me neither. Yeah, I mean, Malchus did what he did in the context of war, and Ubo, Ubo did something ext- on an extremely personal level, right? right. Like, in, in one sense, it's very isolated to just strictly the people involved, but also like pretty directly abhorrent, um, right? Whereas war is like kind of anonymous in a lot of ways when done at the distance. Malchus did what he did. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, and they are very different, but I, 
I, I ask kind of the um, I ask that question the way I did just because I want to see what people's hot button is between the two, even with them being kind of apples to oranges comparisons. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that should be enough time for questions to filter in. I'm going to throw it back over to Jason. Uh, thanks, Rob. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go retweet everything you've tweeted in the last week and a half, uh, just to cover my bases. <laughs> it's like that Sims friendship when it's like, oh, I haven't called Rob in a while. Got to get that meter back up. Jeez. Yeah, those gonna... interactions. Yep. In the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> um, we Plus did get... 20. All right. <laughs> Uh, we did get uh, an email from Michael J. Um, Michael writes, hey, everybody. Uh, episode 56, Group B, I'm really stoked for you guys. Nothing horrible happened. Clearly, Stormy needs to be on every episode. Here's your good <laughs> luck charm. Just That was, I, I think I edited out most of Stormy. I'm, I'm Not the worst you... person. That's just, I think... We all today came to this stream expecting to leave with some knowledge and Okay, there's okay. That is it. I'm the worst person. Stop it. Your cat meowed like four times. Um <laughs> Do you know how many recordings Suki's ruined? So much so that after seven hours of just screwing with the site, I added Suki to the cast page. <laughs> Saw that. Oh, I made it. a comment about that earlier. It was like did in our mascot. Yep. That's uh, amazing. Um, and it makes me so happy. It's because I have my cat on a schedule, on a feeding schedule. So if when six o'clock, when we begin our recordings, <laughs> right, yeah. is when he is fed. And so if I'm on the computer, he'll be like, bitch, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> we need to have like a, a cast pets page and just post pictures of all of our pets there. Uh, yeah, or a from... cast kids page. <gasps> oh, that too. I can make them both. Just put them both together, cast. Oh, things. that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Michael goes on episode fifty-seven, group A. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, have you guys thought about uh, it, how expensive that booby trap was? I don't know how expensive that stuff is in the new arc, but in arc one, it was crazy expensive, and some asshole filled a cart and left that shit there. Just so that it could kill someone at some point in the someday sometime. Whoever's throwing that kind of money around is going to be a problem. That is a good point. Um, I don't think anybody was thinking about the expense of the cart or the explosives <laughs> at the time. Yeah. See, I just don't feel like it's some, something someone, a cart just someone left there. I just feel like Maybe it was. I feel like it had a destination, but something happened. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, like I think it's it seems like there is a bit of story that we did not end up getting to explain why that was there. That not we may yet, figure no. out someday. Yeah, like it wasn't the so it wasn't like random. It, it, it wasn't an asshole random encounter that was just there to be like herp derp explosive cart. Yeah, I don't um, like to do that all that much. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was purposeful. We just don't know what the purpose was. So right. that'll be a mystery, like those weird gates. Oh, it's been seven <laughs> years. Seven <laughs> years. Someone, you know what? I'm glad we're publishing a book because at least the gates will be published somewhere. Like someone, <laughs> <laughs> nope. if it ain't in our campaign, nope. it's someone's. <laughs> Take it out. Put it in the trash. It's never going to be used. 
No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, some guy named Doug or Diane or someone is going to run a game in Ohio, and they're going to figure out the gates. They'll get to the gates. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And finally, episode 58, Group C. It was awesome to hear Kelsey appearing on a Group C episode, but that was not the Diana that I remember from Arc 1. What happened to her creating such a complete personality shift? I don't remember Diana being interested in books, at least not unless they uh, could bring her more power. And she had a complete conversation with a human without making one racist remark. What was that? Uh, and they mentioned that Diana still has her staff. Uh, is that still the staff of Unwavering Light? Uh, that she can't even use because she isn't a cleric. <laughs> Why in the world does she still have that thing? Uh, you guys are all awesome, and I'm loving every minute of art, too. Be excellent to each other, Michael J. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, that's still the same stuff. That's still, that's, that, that, I like that that part of Diana didn't go away. Um, that, that, for whatever reason, Diana's like, uh, it's my staff. I picked it up. Maybe she's actually really nostalgic about her old group. I doubt it. Um, she has changed. Yeah. She has changed. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I doubt, like, okay, I can't speak for Kelsey. Kelsey's not here, but, like, I who, okay, who would Diana be nostalgic for? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't think of a single person. Theo? The answer is Theo? May, maybe? Yeah, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't Theo, that's for sure. Uh... <laughs> As far as – I can't speak for Kelsey either uh, in this respect, but as far as, like, characters changing when you haven't played them for a while, I, maybe it's just me, but, like, sometimes you forget the finer points of how you played them, right? Like, it, you right, know, it, yeah. it kind of gets – it gets more generalized as, you, as you've as you had months or years or more away from it. Um, and so, you, you know, you can draw a few uh, – I'm sure I played – uh, Malchus differently in, in some of the little things I played him in later just because you know you kind of get a more just kind of a what do I want to say all, like kind of like a like a blurry generalized image instead of like specific all the specific notes you remember from playing every month yeah mm-hmm. oh, I, I can't again I can't speak for Kelsey but I know for sure because we talked god we talked a while ago um when Diana walked off of group one, um, Kelsey had a bigger story. They, they wanted to tell with Diana and all that. And it's been years. So, um, there is a mellowing out. There is a, uh, you know, interacting with Tessie on a daily basis and kind of finding something to be attached to and fight for. Um, but that's, that's kind of a cool thing. If you, put a character down and pick them up a year or two or something later, you're like, like Rob said, you're going to play them a little differently no matter what. Um, so I don't know. I kind of, I think that helps kind of simulate change or, or just uh, none of us are the same p- people we were two, three, four years ago. Right. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it also like with that change, if there's enough time that passes in the game world too, you can just kind of backfill to explain it, right? Like you can say, oh, yeah, yeah yes, I guess I am playing this character differently. Uh, some stuff happened. They mellowed out, you know, like, right? You, you fill it in and then it becomes more lore. Yeah. I mean, God, we did that with uh, Valus and Malchus, where it didn't have to be such a 
a cantankerous relationship where they, yeah. you know, or at least on Valis' side, where he just absolutely loathes Malchus. So it's more like a like a brotherly thing where it's like, ugh, I hate when he talks about politics, but <laughs> he's my brother. I love him. Like whatever. Like it's, just, you know what I mean? And I. I don't know. Malchus perceives it as, yes, killing him with kindness finally worked, right? Like, right, yeah. Like, Malchus actually showed up in person and was like, hey, you've got a kid now. That's great. Like, how do you stay mad at someone who's, like, proud of, you know, like, proud right. of you starting a family? <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. And again, when all you have is the anger to hold on to, it's like, nice. Nah, he's got, like, a wife and kids. And he's like, I don't have time to be that angry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Man. So, okay. One last chance uh for the chat to throw in any questions they might have but um do you guys have anything you want to talk about just before we get ready and sign off for the month and uh there was an interesting question in chat someone asked uh briar kelly xx gambit asked yes. would avalon have left the rest of the party if ethne had allowed him and the answer is yes he would have left we've talked about it uh, we had a conversation about what was going to happen with Anthony before the episode she left, and we came to the conclusion that, you know, I didn't want to take the whole spotlight away from Jane leaving the show because that's something that was important to have, kind of her like, ride out into the sunset. Right. But it is something that we came onto the show together, so I was completely signed up for leaving together. That to me, that was just would have wrapped up a certain chapter in Avalanche's life, but we it, it, we kind of just decided to like let him keep trucking on because that's a that's a different and interesting storyline in and of itself. That one hurt too because it's not okay. Not to mince words, um, people have left the show under not so great circumstances. I mean we we've all known each other for years and sometimes things just kind of like don't work out, but that was not the case with Jane. Obviously this was purely a time zone thing. Uh, poor mm -hmm. Jane was up till what? Five, six AM. Every, every session, every session. Every like session. It, it, it just, it was, there were nights where she was clearly caffeinated and ready to go. But then there were nights where it's like, I just got off work. I'm dying. <laughs> And it yeah. just, uh, we tried to keep it going for months and months, and she hung on. But, yeah, it was not a great recording schedule for Jane. Yeah. So. And there were sessions where, like, you would just, after a while, you just wouldn't hear from Jane because she was just so tired. Yeah. She was just she's so dying. tired. Um, um, uh, back, I scrolled back up in the chat a little bit. Uh, IC Productions asked, do you think it would have gone just as bad if Masoka had opened the door before Uba had had a chance to do what he did? And Jason, I think the answer to that is there was a chance to like use thieves tools slash disable yeah. that booby trap. Absolutely. So yeah, it, it would have totally, I see it would have totally just depended on how the dice rolled. Um, I, I suspect there was a way to get that armor and maybe other treasures out of there cleanly, but yeah. Man, impulse control is a hell of a thing, huh? I, okay, I very, I almost never are you guys in a situation where there's no right answer, right? Like, there's, mm -hmm. there's, I, there, sometimes it's the least terrible option, but like that, like you could have just walked on, you could have picked the lock and got in there, and like, I think once you pick the lock and open the door and you see, oh, <laughs> I think you kind of, like, it's like, ooh, this is a, this is a delicate operation now, um, and you've never been faced with anything like that. I like tossing stuff at the party where it's like, oh, 
that's that's new. Uh, I guess I'll keep an eye out for that from now on. And and mm-hmm. yeah, there's totally an option where that could have ended. That that could have been a minor encounter. You guys walk on, and no one would have been the wiser. You could have just skipped yeah, it entirely. I mean- Hindsight's the best superpower, right? Everybody, yep. who would have thought that card was nothing more than a card? It's just like, I just, how do you, you can't, you can't see those things coming in. Mm-hmm. We're all, everyone gets racked with like impulses and like, you know what? I just want to do this thing real quick. I just, who, you just, you, there's things you just can't see coming. And I think that was one of, one of the greatest moments, arguably, of the season so far. Mm-hmm. I listened to episode. Yeah. As as a person on the cast, I listened to that episode like twice already, just and I get the same this this smile creeps across my face when it happens every time. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Starting to sound a little grim, actually. Like I, I loved it when you burned, um, <laughs> but um, no, lots of eradicated, so it's okay. <laughs> it, it certainly was like the kind of like almost a Game of Thronesy, and like no one is safe. Like random, you know, random butchery can can go down. Yeah. Um, and and of course, as it was discussed, you know, yes, we did resurrect both the people who were killed, but also one was at risk, and one was actually at, at a major price paid. That's going to really change the direction of Group A's story. Yep. Um, so it, you know, even though the 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 impacts that we looked at as far as the deaths were reverted, quote unquote, um, it still has changed the direction of group A forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, with that being said, guys, um, I'm going to get ready and call it for the evening. Thank you to everybody on, uh, on the panel tonight. Thank you guys for making time. And thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you to everybody in the chat as a, as a quick old reminder, cause I'm actually trying to post clips of the things we do on YouTube now. Uh, it's kind of slow and, and steady, but I'm working on it. Uh, we actually just recorded a really cool thing for Patreon, a uh, living in theory that was all about slavery. You guys asked a lot of questions, uh, uh, basically the economics of it, who's doing it, where is it legal? Where is it not legal? All that. We, we answered like 60 questions about it. Thank you guys, uh, for, for, all of those. Uh, and you can find that on patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-R. Uh, we also just posted the first, uh, the redo of the um, uh, the Atheist Explorers game, the Monster Hunters. Uh, it's called Bump in the Night. And that, that campaign is started. And we're recording Vampire the Masquerade this Monday. We're finally oh, kicking man, that I off. I can't wait for that. Holy shit, dude. It's, I, we very rarely get a chance to play things that aren't D&D. Uh, and, uh, I've been really looking forward to that one. That's a modern setting and we've never done that before. So is that a one shot or a mini series or how's that structured? It's going to be a campaign. We're just going to keep going with it. Uh, fun. I'm just, I'm, my mind has snapped to the discussions we had in the past during the growth of DNR with me getting progressively more <laughs> exasperated with how much D and D and role-playing games you run. Yeah, um, you know, where I'm like, Jason, four is too many. And now you're sitting here like seven, eight. <laughs> well, OK, if it makes you feel any better, only five of them are recorded and in, 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 in public. Two of them each month are, are just for listeners. I think we just heard Bree laugh in the other room. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> uh, because we have weeks like this one where I did four back to back D&D nights. And then I'm just like, I'm dying. <laughs> 
And um, sometimes the months just fall like that because we're, we're balancing that and uh, we're writing a book. And I'm fucking stupid. I think if anything has been taught to everybody over the last seven years, Rob, I'm not smart. Well, but, but man, do you have endurance to compensate, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember in college running like a session of D&D in the afternoon and then D20 Modern in the evening back to back. And it was eight hours of DMing one day. And by the end of it, I felt like my brain had thickened, right? Like I, felt, <laughs> I felt like I had like a lump of pizza dough in my skull where my brain used to be. So to do as much DMing as you do, it just it sounds banana bonkers to me uh it's i don't know i i i think we all have gifts and talents and that's my one so also it's your career right like right that's that's the other that's the other out you have it's like you're not doing 40 hours a week at another job you're doing 40 hours a week at this job so or yeah likely more right i i have no idea how many hours we don't count because it's just (laughs) but again in april it's all gonna pay off i it's it's it's, guys okay as soon as we're done here i'm gonna drop the gorgeous completed map on the basement. Oh my god, you no believe this map. It's so good. It's so pretty. Oh. Refreshing. It's so gorgeous. I can't <laughs> wait to get a copy of it and put it on my wall. Oh my god. Uh, so thank you guys so damn much uh, for listening, for rating us on iTunes, for following us everywhere you follow us, and for supporting us on Patreon. We will see you next week with a brand new episode of the show. Uh, I believe it's a group A. Get ready. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Prepare yourselves. Yeah. Um, stretch, stretch before you listen to it. It's, it's a Oh, boy. Day. I'm excited. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, thank you, guys. And we'll see you next month with another extended rest. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye all.